Welcome to the City Life Podcast. I'm Tim Woody, the pastor of City Life Church in downtown Fort Worth. There is purpose for your life. There's a destiny you have yet to walk into, and there is hope regardless of what you're facing today. I encourage you to open your heart now to what God will be speaking to you over these next few minutes. Good time today in God's words. Thank you, uh, thank you, worship team and band. I appreciate you guys so much. Today, uh, today's sermon is going to be very unique. It's going to be a tag team sermon. If you've never heard that terminology before, what it means is is uh, I'm going to do a portion, and then someone else is going to do a portion. Someone else is going to do a portion. And then I'm going to come wrap it up. And the other people that, who are joining with me today, who are preaching, is Rebecca Woody and Ian Woody. Looking forward to this. This is going to be fun. But it's Mother's Day, and and uh, you know, before I go any further, I, I want to I want to acknowledge that Mother's Day it is it can be complex. I do acknowledge that and realize that, and and it's complex for a lot of reasons. It's because not not everyone has experienced a household where there's been uh, you know a healthy mother relationship. Uh, maybe some of you are dealing with a situation where your mother has recently been deceased and there's pain. Uh, possibly you're uh, not able to have children or maybe, maybe they're in your home your mother was abusive. Possibly you've been through an abortion yourself and you're dealing with some, some pain from that. Uh, maybe you're just totally separated from your children. You don't hear from them and you're a, you're a mother and that gets... So that there's... There's pain associated there, and I, I understand there are all kinds of facets that go along with that today. And I, I just think that, first of all, if any of you fall into any of those categories, I just want to pray. I just want to pray blessing over you right now. Just I want you to receive this because God has something for you in today's message in a very special way. So, God, I pray for healing and encouragement and life and peace to be upon every person in this room who may have fallen into any of those categories that makes Mother's Day just a little more tense. And I thank you, God, that they've had the courage to be here, the courage to, to experience this day because they're followers of you and worshipers of you, and they know that, that you have something good for them here today. In Jesus' name, amen. At the same time, today is, is a little uh, complex as well because Mother's Day is... There's now pushback in our culture regarding Mother's Day, uh, in, in just in general. There's, there's, there's pushback saying we shouldn't have a day like this. Uh, there's, uh, there's just a lot of confusion. Um, over, the, uh, over the past few days, there are a couple of different things that have even popped up that some of the Antifa groups are planning to protest at churches because they're celebrating mothers. And Antifa, communism, all of that does not believe in the family. And so it's part of this, this toler- part of this thing of persecuting Christians because we stand for family. And there are other or- others who are uh, protesting uh, abortion rights, and they have decided to go to churches and to do their protests today. And, to, and it's just, it just makes it more complex, and it's, it's difficult. These are difficult times that we live in. But I want to bless you and, and honor you just for being here today because, God, I believe, again, God does have something very special. So today my message or our message is entitled The Feminine Factor. The Feminine Factor. And we'll have some points here that I encourage you to follow along with. I'll give you some scriptures to look up here in just a little bit, but I want to kind of get things uh, introduced here today because, first of all, I just want to say that, that I, I want to honor, uh, first of all, my mother. My mother, her name is Lillian Woody, and she's a wonderful woman of God who raised me. And uh, she, she stood by my father all of his life. 
She raised five children, and uh, I wish I could wish I could be with her today, but not been able to be with my mother on a Mother's Day since uh, since my teen years because of distance and my occupation as a pastor because I'm, I'm never able to be in the same place as her. But uh, and but she she raised me well. She invested heavily in me and in my siblings. She managed our household very well. And in fact, she's listening to me right now. She told me this morning, she says, son, I'll let you know, I'm, she texted this to me, I will be in church this morning, but while I'm in church, I'm going to use my new Bluetooth hearing aids, and I'm going to be listening to your sermon and watching your sermon through my hearing aids, so I won't really hear the sermon the pastor's preaching where I am, but I'm going to hear your sermon. And she said, and nobody will know. Well, your cover is blown, mother, uh, because at least the people in worth no but uh, but welcome mom i'm glad you're glad you're uh, listening <laughs> and uh just just yeah don't let your pastor find out about that uh and, and if y'all are doing that right now maybe maybe you have a son who's preaching somewhere else today i doubt it but if so I and mean, you're wanting to listen to that sermon that's fine god bless you for being here and i'm actually i'm quite impressed that my mother is in church today she's just listening to a different sermon today uh but but uh, just i want to say mom happy mother's day you're an amazing woman of god well, what is uh, the feminine factor? Well, the, the word femininity, when you, when you look at it from a biblical perspective, it simply means this. It refers to motherhood. It is being like a princess or a queen. It means balancing purity and attractiveness. And so that's what we see when we, when, that's the definition, best definition we can come up when you look at it from a biblical perspective. And, and I learned about the feminine factor when I was at home, when I was a child. Uh, I, I'm grateful that I was able to grow up in a home with two parents, and I had four siblings. I had three older brothers, and then along came me, which was the fourth of the boys. And then five years later, when I was well doing happy, and all of us boys were racing go-karts and, and playing with the dog and shooting our guns and slingshots, along came a little sister. And she, uh, she turned everything upside down down in the house. Uh, but, but see, mother, my mother up to that point was the only female that was in the house. And uh, for the first seven, I calculated this in preparation, for the first 17 years of my mother's marriage to my dad, there were always boys, a continuing number of boys, up to five men in the house before the, the little sister came along. And no wonder they treated her so nice. I'm still wounded about that today. But uh, not, I'm not really wounded at, at all. But, but she was not like the boys, and it was very clear she was not to be treated like the rest of the boys. And I learned very quickly at home, in, in the house, that girls are to be treated different than boys, and I still respect that. I believe that. And that really comes down to the whole thing of the feminine factor. Uh, and, and the truth is there are fundamental differences between men and women. There are. And, uh, and in fact, I'm going to be doing a series that's going to start on Father's Day. I'm going to take it for four weeks. And it's simply called manliness. Man, it's just one word, manliness. I'm going to be doing this for four weeks. But it starts on Father's Day. I'm going to be talking not just to men but to everyone to, to get a better understanding of, of really what manliness is. And this whole issue of, of differences between men and women, I did a, a series on my Tim at 12. This was last November, and the series was called Hot Topics. I did a series of hot topics, but the hot topics here were, uh, the, the title of it, if you want to search for it, it's called Gender Identity and Abortion. Interestingly enough, that's an issue 
right now, but if you want to go back and listen to some of that stuff, it's very helpful in understanding a biblical foundation for all of this. But God loves the differences between men and women, and I believe that we should celebrate the differences, and that's part of what we're doing today. Because femininity, I guess it could be best described by what we find in Proverbs chapter 31. And, and today, a little bit later, we're going to look at a small passage from Proverbs 31 near the end of the message. But, but, uh, but women, whether you are married or not, whether you're a mother or not, you can take some pointers from Proverbs 31 because it is powerful. And I want to list just quickly some of the principles on femininity that we find in Proverbs 31. And this is just a rapid fire. It is feminine to have nobility of character. It is feminine to do good to your husband. It is feminine to bring good to your husband. It is feminine to be creative. It is feminine to be focused on the family. It is feminine to be wise in business dealings. It is feminine to be wise in economics. It is feminine to be able to multitask, because guys certainly can't do that. Uh, It is feminine to be generous to those who are less fortunate. It is feminine to be prepared for adversity. It is feminine to have a well-ordered home. It is feminine to dress well. It is feminine to bless others with your words. It is feminine to not be lazy, and it is feminine to fear the Lord. All that's in the Bible. Don't contest me on it. You're going to have to go back to the author of the Word of God on that one because that is femininity. So much of that's right there in Proverbs 31. But uh, the best wife ever, the mother of my children, Rebecca, is coming now to get us started with her portion of the feminine factor. So will you guys please welcome my wife and the mother of my three boys, Rebecca, to the platform, please. Come on up. I got so confused, and I was like, what else can I say? That was good. And then I was like, should I tell about what my um, living room, our living room was transformed into this last week? Do you remember that? I do, and that's actually later in the sermon, too. So in yours? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll let you see this. <laughs> well, it was, it was so fun because I have three boys and, and, and Tim Woody, and um, I'm very respectful of that. So basically our house is white. But um, one day a week, most of the time, or maybe like once a week, um, it's transformed. And this week it was, well, there was a rack of fancy princess and party dresses and shoes and and purses and hats and tiaras. And we had our craft station and we had um, the station where you put your makeup and jewelry. And then there was a hat. I mean, it was so fun. I don't know if my granddaughter had fun, but I had so much fun. Okay, so today, this is a very special opportunity, Um, but I get to talk about the feminine factor of faith, and um, part of that was this week I held my granddaughter, and I sang to her, and I don't have a very good voice, so she's looking at, at me, but I sang to her a love song or a sweet song that I sang to my babies, boy, to my sons. And I was thinking, I'm singing to my baby's baby. It was so sweet. Like, mom's like, right? That's so cute. That was so sweet. And motherhood is, can be so rewarding, so difficult and trying, and at, diffi- um, and at different times just so difficult. And recently, um, Tim was reading in Jeremiah, and I was studying in Jeremiah, and Jeremiah is... Tim says, a major prophet in the Old Testament. And um, just studying it, and I decided that it was a, a very um, good comparison, Jeremiah's plight, to motherhood. 
a little dramatic maybe, but you might, you might agree. So once Jeremiah was called by God, he was a young man, and he heard God's voice, it, it, there was no turning back. See, it's like motherhood. Once that baby is in your arms, there's, there's no turning back. It's you are a mother and you're in this. Um, and from that point on, when, when Jeremiah was called by God, um, God spoke to him, and, but also required him to speak God's wisdom, God's warning, and evaluation. If you remember, if you're single or before you were a mother, you know, really it was about, you know, what God was speaking to you and his words of wisdom for you and words um, of warning but once you're a mom, your heart's divided, and you just feel compelled to not only know that for you, but for your child to impart to them um, God's wisdom and warning and evaluation. And um, for Jeremiah, this is very true. what happened, that most, if not all, anything he said was ignored or they didn't like it. Pretty much across the board. Anyone kind of relate as a mama? They're like, did you say something, mom? What? What was that you said? Um, and he was called, and here's another thing. He was called the weeping prophet. And um, sometimes as a mom, it would just be, you just would resort to tears. In my day, we weren't, we didn't have a smartphone. I said we were dumb. We didn't have everything just to look up. What happens is this. It was like, Jesus, we need you. I need you here. This is a little story of, um, for, for a time, I homeschooled my boys, all of them together, and they're four and three years apart. So that's, you know, kind of different. So we'd be at the kitchen table, and, um, and they're very talented. I would just say they even though they would be with me all day long, they act just like their father. So the, one could just raise an eyebrow, do a woody look, or say a word, or a scent, and they would erupt. And it could go on and on. And I would be trying to not laugh because I'm trying to be responsible and teach them something. And it just would go on and on and on. And I remember one time... When we, I'm from Texas, from San Antonio, but when we went moved to um, Missouri, they didn't, well, north of Kansas City, we were made fun of right away because we said y'all. And so we deliberately, Tim, Tim and I as adults said we weren't going to say y'all, we were going to say, I don't know what we said, but in this one moment, I said, boys, please, y'all need to just stop. And they looked at me and they said, "You said y'all, they're falling on the ground." And so I remember I was like, "I'm going to call your dad. I'm calling him right now." And the oldest, wisest at that point says, "What are you going to tell daddy? We're just have the joy of the Lord. We're just too happy." <laughs> and I was just at that point, I was like, "Okay, y'all can go." They said, "We'll we'll go study." Um, he said, I'll go, we'll go study Bible, Mom. I'm like, yeah, y'all go do that. Go study Bible. And they would do it. So um, so anyway, so you didn't know whether to laugh, weep, or cry. Um, so, um, 
So this is a message, you know, that God gave him one of hope, but of warning. Jeremiah, the prophet, or us moms, we're saying the same thing. Don't give up your destiny. God is calling you back to him. That was, you know, in a little synopsis, Jeremiah's message. And that's what we say, we want to say. And I love this part because it, um, Jeremiah would say, his word is like a fire in my heart and it's shut up in my bones. He was compelled to tell what God was speaking to him. And um, sometimes my message that was shut up in my bones was like, just wash your hands, please, or flush the toilet. But moms, is, we've got, we have to, or women, for the word that's shut up in our bones, it needs to count. Yeah. I mean, that was, those were real important, but um, words of life, words of wisdom that are shut up in our bones and fire in our heart that we want to impart to the people that are around us. Um, what will your, I like to say, what will your claim to fame be? What will your legacy be? I wear a little flower. This, if anybody was here last Sunday, we, ha, we got some flowers out of the garbage thing. And this is a leftover. You, you can ask me that story. But, um, but it's a little homage to my mama. She always, my dad would get her from H-E-B or for whatever, a little Corsage. They did, yeah, they would do a corsage every Mother's Day. I, I don't need it. I'm okay. But I do like orchids, so I do like that. But her name, my mom's name, um, Olga Mary Menchaca and then Guajardo. And she was born right here in Fort Worth, and she loved and she served God her whole life. Her whole life to the very, very end. And I used to say, you know, my mom wasn't so perfect. She could have done this until I was being told as a mom, well, you're not perfect. You're not. And then I was like, okay, yeah, wow. And then I realized if us mothers were so perfect, how could we relate or how could our imperfect children relate to us? Right? So we're not perfect. It's okay. But my mother was perfect in God's eyes. That I know. And I will say, her legacy or her claim to fame is truly faith. All my life, she pointed me to Jesus. No options, no remedies, no protocols. It would always be Jesus. Her message was the saving power of Jesus Christ the redeeming power of his love, the mercy and forgiveness, the power of the blood of Jesus to heal our body, mind, and spirit. Bottom line. This is a picture. I'm going to do a little thing. It's going to be a picture of my relationship with my mother, and it went something like this. So um, we got married in 1988, and I moved away, and, you know, it was always from that point on long distance from my mother. Um, so I'd call my mom. Do we do that? No? Whatever. Mom, it's so hard being a pastor's wife. Whiny, whine, whine. It's so hard. And my mother would say, and this is in Matthew 19, 26, and she would say, para Dios todo es posible, mija. With God, everything is possible. 
I'm here today, 33, how many years is that? 33 years later, and I'm still in my calling of what God called me to do, and I'm loving my church and my family, and have um, the satisfaction that I've not been perfect, but by the grace of God, I am still doing that, that as a young 21-year-old that I thought I couldn't do anymore. So that's good, right? That is so amazing. What is it that you feel right now that you're like, I can't do it. Let me be your mama. Let me be your madre <laughs> to say, you know, con Dios todo, especially with God, everything is possible. Oh, my goodness. Did I, I don't want to get my, te- my lashes off. You want to pass a, a Kleenex? Like, like they're looking around like, what would she need? I don't know. Thank you, son. Thank you. Ah. Okay, because then, then the little words. Okay, so. Right, ladies? Like, it's not, it's obvious what we're needing. Here's another one. And I would say, Mama, you're right. You're right, Mom. Another one, Mom, I call her. I feel so alone. I feel so weak. I'm, I'm tired. And she would say, um, Salmo 46, uno, Psalms 46.1, Dios es nuestro refugio y fortaleza. I'm telling you, that sounds better in Spanish than English, but God is our refuge and our strength. I can say so many times had she referred me to that, and it would always be, oh, here we go. You know, I knew what she was going to say, but I, was, I went back. I knew because that was the right advice. That was not like, oh, girl, honey, what, what are we going to do? You know, we just got to get you out of that situation. No, it was God is your refuge. He is your strength. Bring it back. Get your focus, daughter, on God. Another one would be, Mom, my children is sick, and I feel helpless. That would be the worst. So your baby was sick. You didn't have Googles. You didn't have nothing. You didn't have, what is the word, those oils. And we'd anoint them. Hey, we would anoint our babies with oil, but um, we didn't have the other kind. <laughs> and my mom would say to me, Mija, Jehová, nuestro sanador. And this is Exodus. Exodus 1520 is, is Jehová, Jehovah is our healer. Jehová, nuestro, our healer, our sanador. Another one is Primero Pedro. I don't even know how you say first Peter, but Primero Pedro, dos veinticuatro. Por sus heridas, ustedes han sido sanos. By his stripes, we are healed. Mom, I don't know what to do with these boys. I don't know, Mom, I don't know. It's been um, 20 degrees, and it's cold, and we're... And you don't, she wouldn't give the one that you wanted her to see here, like, the Lord is there for the week. And my, this is my mom would say... Haz todo con amor. Primero Corintios 16, 14. Do 
all things with love. How do you like that? Do all things with love. And I'm like, Jesus, help. Help me now. And I would say, Mom, what did you pray for us growing up and believe for us? And she would say, mi amor, mi amor, my love. Por en cuanto a mí y mi familia serviremos al Señor. Josué 24:15. Joshua, I guess it's up there. Joshua 24:15 is, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I'm like, Mom, that really doesn't, what else? Is as for me and my house, in other words, this is our legacy. Your children will be blessed. Their children will be blessed. We will serve the Lord. Make it what you want. Look, look, you know, to, oh, at that time, Oprah, what? No, this is where, or, you know, we didn't have whatever. It was probably better that we didn't have everything. But for me and my house, we will serve the Lord and I say this to you, to moms, grandmas, women, young women and girls, and you boys too, whatever. What will your claim to fame be? What will your legacy be? Here's a suggestion to, to the ladies. Is faith is very feminine and beautiful to God. I'm going to introduce my son, Ian. All of our sons helped us build this church. And um, he started helping, maybe he was 10 or 11 and volunteering and, and serving God with all his heart. And he's still serving the children. And I'm very blessed. And all my, my sons have a love of the word for God. And um, at young ages, they would tell me revelation and things. But this one, he'll tell me things that God has spoke to him through the word. And he'd show me the word. And I would like, wow, what? You might need to tell that little nugget to daddy because I don't know if he knows that. <laughs> but anyway, welcome in. Thank you so much, Mom. Thank you, Dad. Well, uh, I'm, I really want to talk about, I want to I honor my mom today. I want to I want to bless my mom. I want to I want to brag on her a little bit because she has been so loving, so caring, so thoughtful. And today I specifically want to talk about her encouragement, her encouragement to me personally. I'm going to talk about the feminine factor of encouragement. In Proverbs 16:24 says, "Gracious words are like honeycomb, sweetness to the uh, to the soul." and health to the body. Now, I would describe my mom's encouragement just like that. Gracious words that are sweet like honeycomb and sweetness to my soul and health to my body. Now, my mom was always there for me whenever I had any kind of issue or little problem. When I was building my Lego sets and I was missing a piece, I would call out to my mom and she would run to me and she would help find that piece to help put it together whenever my older brothers thought it was a lost cause. My mom was there for me whenever um, I was trying to ride a scooter and I would fall. My mom would encourage me to get back on and to keep trying. 
But my mom, she specifically was an encourager whenever I would go to her and I just had problems and I didn't know who to go to. For example, whenever I was uh, a lot younger, I uh, happened to be enrolled in this, uh, this Christmas play, this Christmas musical, where I was one of the m- more main characters that had a lot of dialogue lines, and I was supposed to sing. And I was terrified, first off, because I had stage fright. I was terrified of going on the stage. And second off, because it was this Christmas play, they had this enormous Christmas tree, and my character was like this Scrooge character that, become, that was bad and then becomes good. And then at the very end, he climbs this ladder and puts a star on top of the tree. I was not only having difficulties with stage fright, but I was terrified of heights. Now, who do you think I went to with frustrations and fear and not knowing who to go to, I would go to my mom. And I said, Mom, I don't know if I can do this. Mom, I don't know if I can memorize these lines. Mom, I don't know if I can do this. And she would say, it's okay. I'm right here with you. You can do it. Now, something that that I, I really appreciate about my mom is that she didn't say, you don't have to do it. It's okay. If it's too hard, no problem. She said, you've got this. It's okay. And we would pray together. And that was a big thing. She wouldn't just encourage me and just say these little lofty things. Of, oh, you can do anything you put your mind to. She didn't say that. She would say, you've got this. Now let's pray. Let's bring God into this situation. There were countless times whenever I would go broken to my mom, where I had lost relationships, even lost friendships. I was just going through a difficult season, and my mom was there. She would listen to me. She was the very, one of the very few people that would really listen to me. And then she would say, let's bring it to God. I may not have all the right words to say, but God can speak to your heart. Now let's pray. And I will never, ever, ever forget those times. Now, in the end with that, that, that musical, that, that play, I was able to do it with a little convincing from my mom and a little bit of incentive because she said that she would buy me a toy. And that was incentive enough for me, as well as a little bit of prayer. But in the end, I was able to do it, and now I'm on stage now. I'm on stage now. I was able to overcome that fear of stage fright. Still working on the fear of heights. But uh, I was able to overcome that to the point where I can stand on the stage and preach to you guys and talk about my mom. Now, I do want to encourage any moms in here or even future moms that have young kids. Now, of course, that they're going to go to you and they're going to talk about all the little issues and problems they have. They stubbed their toe. They lost their Lego, this and that. The dog growled at them or whatever. Or their sock has a wrinkle in it whenever they put their shoe on so that they have to take their shoe off and put it all back on again. That happened more often than I like to admit with me. <laughs> But whenever your kids can trust you and they can bring these little tiny problems and issues that are big to them, but in reality, they're pretty small. Later on in life, they'll know that that, that they can go to you, that they can trust you, 
and you're not going to slap them. You're not going to burn them. You're not going to say all kinds of rude things to them. They know that they can trust you and they can get godly encouragement and wisdom from you. Whenever kids are small, they've got little problems. But whenever they get bigger, they get big, big problems. And if you want your kids to come to you, and if you want them to take your wisdom, start off whenever they're small and be there for them whenever they're younger. Because my mom did that for me. She was there whenever I lost the Lego. She was there when I was scared to go on the stage for the play. And now I can go to her and we pray together for, for really big issues. I love my mom for that. And now, I mean, now whenever my mom was, was giving her talk, her mom did the same thing for her. She encouraged her in the Lord. She gave her scriptures and Bible verses that she could hold in her heart. The truth, not just, oh, you can do whatever, you can do whatever you set your mind to. She gave the word of God. She brought God into the situation. Now, later on, as your kids get older, what are they going to remember you for? Are they going to remember the, the mom that bought them groceries, the mom that vacuumed the floor, the mom that, that uh, gave them or unloaded the dishwasher? Although those are great things. Those are fantastic things. The kids, I mean, they're simple. They're not really going to remember that. What they're going to remember is those little intimate conversations that they had. The time when they were broken and they were down, they had nowhere else to go. And you brought the hope of Christ to them. That's what kids are going to remember. And I encourage you now to start now. To start being there for your kid with the small problems. And they're going to take your wisdom whenever the big problems come. Um, my dad's going to come on up, and uh, he's going to finish off this uh, message. All right. Thank you, Ian. Good job. Good job. All right. Well, I'm going to wrap this up with this third part called the feminine factor of honor. Now, I want to let you know that part of my goal today is, is to model a little bit of how to honor, because honor is a tough word today. We don't really know how to do it, and part of what I want to do is be the church, and let's, let's model these things. I want to model a little bit more, but show it to you in the scriptures as well. But as I continue to do so, I, I, I do want to mention Rebecca has been a wonderful mother for my children, and uh, as, a, as a pastor, uh, my days can be very long, so like very, very, very long, and nights as well. And my my schedule can be extremely unpredictable, and I just don't get weekends off. We don't we don't have okay. We're all going to do family stuff all weekend because that hardly ever happens, and and th- that's part of fulfilling the call of God to be a pastor. And and in a lot of pastors' home, that could have a very detrimental effect on the children. A lot of pastors' kids are messed up <laughs> just because dad is going a million different directions, dealing with everyone else's issues, but not there for them. But, but I'm grateful that Rebecca, who's not only my wife, but their mother, she went the extra mile for our children, but she did it in the same way that my mother did, and, and I'm, I'm grateful for that. I was <clears throat> never at the house on Sunday mornings to help the children get dressed for church, but, 
But, uh, but surprisingly, somehow, I don't know how this worked, the boys would always show up looking like they were just walking out of some children's fashion magazine. <laughs> like, how did you do that? I remember several years ago, we only had one car, and, uh, and Sundays, I had to be up at the church. This is when I was a staff pastor. I had to be up at the church at 6.30 a.m., and I couldn't, like, just come home and pick her up and bring her up, and there wasn't anyone else around to do so. And so then I realized, wait, we have a church bus that has a bus route that we, we would pick up children in, the, in that particular area. And so we talked about it, and she says, yeah. So she would literally wait for the church bus to arrive and load herself and the boys into the church bus, and, and she hopped on that bus and be right there for church. Um, but living in a home with four men, I, I know it was challenging, but she's given it her all, and she did her best. And I would say that my wife, Rebecca, she truly lived out the principles of Proverbs 31, which describes femininity at its best. So I want you to, as we wrap things up, find two passages in your Bible. One is Exodus chapter 20, verse 12, and the other is Proverbs 31, 28. Hold those up there for just a second. You know, now that my boys are grown, I can honestly say that uh, I, I couldn't have done it without you, Rebecca. You are an amazing mother, and uh, it's just like yesterday morning, the, our, our she and myself, as well as Ian, we sat down in the living room to discuss <clears throat> today's sermon, and it was one of those moments where I wasn't distracted by anything. We were just kind of talking about the framework of how we were going to put this together, and, and I just started looking around the living room at all the, all the, all, it's it just like my living room has become this place of semi-permanent housing for every little piece of toy and entertainment for little girls, and pink is everywhere. And please understand, that was never the case. All these years, it was never the case, you know, because we parented boys. So there was never any of that around. Um, but, uh, but now that we're grandparents, it's fun watching Rebecca engage the feminine factor uh, with our granddaughter. Uh, but, but here, this is for everyone. Mothers are due our respect, mothers are due our honor, and mothers are due our love. Uh, it's actually one of the ten big rules for life. Exodus chapter 20, verse 12. Take a look at this. This is in the Old Testament as well as the New Testament. This is a principle that is an abiding principle. It says, honor your father and mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord is giving you. In fact, Scripture also goes on to say that it is the one command with a promise because this command doesn't just say honor your father and mother. There is a promise attached to it. It's the only command of the Ten Commandments that has a promise. You get to live a long time and you live in the land God has promised. It's funny because when we were younger, we would teach our children this. And, uh, and I encourage you to teach your children this as well. But we would see like an, an older person, like someone who was very, very, very old. And my boys would go, wow, I bet they really honored their parents. Like, yeah, they got the principle there. That's it. But, uh, but I, I sometimes wonder how many lives have been cut short because they dishonored the father and their mother. Uh, and, and you know, your mother may not have been a perfect person, but she is who she is. And, uh, and, and she is still due the love and honor and respect from you that's, that's, uh, that's biblical to give to her. And if you're struggling now in how to honor your mother, because some, some of you may be struggling with that, here are a few ways to honor her. And, um, and I, I borrowed and modified these from, from something that I found. It was a treasure I found just two weeks ago of a, father's, of a Mother's Day sermon that my dad had written out some 25 years ago. So I pulled some of these principles out, modified it just a little bit, but I just want to go through them very quickly. First of all, honor her verbally. Honor her verbally. 
Tell her that you love her and tell her specifically why. Specifically, I love you because. Be specific. Second, honor her physically. <laughs> Nothing can take the place of an embrace, of a kiss. Uh, j- just, I mean, just think of the... I know you probably may not remember it, but your mother held you, she caressed you, she kissed you, she loved on you, and she pampered you, and now is the time to do it for her. Return that affection. Next is to honor her patiently. Listen to her. Listen to her. Especially if your mother is getting up in years. Uh, Aging has this way of bringing new fears and anxieties, so be patient. I mean, she used to listen to you talk and talk and talk and talk and talk and talk and talk. So now, patiently listen to her. Here's another way to honor her. Honor her forgivingly. Forgivingly. Of course, yeah, she's made some mistakes because she's a human just like you are. But still honor her with forgiveness in your heart. And I just want to share this one little scripture with you. Proverbs chapter 15, verse 20 says this. A foolish man despises his mother. Wow. I don't want to be foolish. Don't be a fool. Don't despise your mother. Forgive her for her flaws and her failures. And uh, in fact, don't forget the scriptures do tell us that we can't be forgiven until we forgive. That's powerful. Another one is to honor her compassionately. Um, this is actually one of the best ways to be like Jesus is to, is to honor with compassion. Um, and and the way to do that is to try to feel her pain and then honor her appropriately. Next is to honor her with your heart. Honor her with your heart. Just do it because you want to. Just do it because you choose to. When you consider really what, uh, what your mother has contributed to your life, you should be able to say with a genuine, authentic heart, I love you. I love you, Mom. I love you, my mother. Because don't forget, she won't always be there. She won't be there forever. Rebecca's mother passed away a few years ago, and thank God she was able to be there with her mother when she went into the presence of God and was able to be with her over those past few, several days prior to her going into the presence of God. Listen to her tell the stories of the things she was seeing on the other side the sights, the smells, the things she was hearing from the other side, the things the angels were saying as she got so close to heaven. But you won't have your mother forever, and those of you who have already lost your mother, you know it does come back to you. I just wish I could pick up the phone and call my mom. Whereas before, you may not have really thought that much about it, but it is real. I encourage you with that. Honor her with all your heart. Now let's take a look at this last scripture, Proverbs chapter 31, verse 28. I told you Proverbs 31, for the most part, is about femininity. But listen to this. It says, regarding this wonderful woman of femininity, it says, her children arise and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. Here's a way to praise your wife, guys. Here's the quote. Many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. Rebecca, you surpass them all. Yeah, you do. You do. See, that's how to honor 
goes on to say, charm is deceptive. Beauty, well, it's fleeting. But hear me, ladies. A woman who fears the Lord is one to be praised. And I give praise to every woman in this room today. One of the reasons you are here today, one of the reasons you may be watching online is because you fear the Lord. God bless you. You are worthy of praise. He goes on to say, Honor her for all that her hands have done. And let her works bring her praise at the city gate. That means it's good to put out there what an awesome person this other woman is. Let people in town talk about it. That's how to honor a woman. And my challenge for you today is very, very simple. I want you to do it today. Today. Of course this week, but I want you to do this today. Is honor a woman in your life. At least one. For some of you, it will be your mother. Others of you, it may be your wife. It may be your grandmother. My goodness, it might be a sister. It might be a daughter. Possibly, you don't even have any of those. Maybe it's to honor one of the women that you saw standing in this room earlier today. Find a way. Find a way. Find some words to do so. And watch how God even will bring healing and encouragement to your own heart. Will you do that? Let's pray. God, I pray special blessing on every single, first of all, every single mother in this room. I pray <laughs> that they will just feel the undergirding of love that's in this room and honor for all the many, many, many things that they have done through their years that went unseen and unnoticed, but they all begin to add up to the beauty that a mother is able to convey. I pray also your blessing on every single woman who's in this room pray that the, the, the blessing of the Lord will just overflow into their hearts, overflow into their lives. The blessing of the Lord will be strong upon them. And as they leave this place, they, every woman will feel encouraged. Every woman will want to go back to read Proverbs chapter 31. And every woman will, will find a way to also bless another. I also pray for every man in this room as well. God help us to say the right things, to do the right things, and convey uh, honor, and be willing to go over the top. Yeah, God help us as men to go over the top with honor. Honor the women who are around us. Bless them. Honor them for their femininity. And I pray these things in Jesus Christ's name. Thank you for tuning in to the City Life Podcast. If you're interested in attending our Sunday service or would like more information, go to citylifefw.org.